Welcome back into the cockpit. Nah, I don't want them here. It, really, they shouldn't be. I don't know why we've been doing this for so long. It's a restricted area. No one else is supposed to be in here. Well, you mentioned that very early on when we were doing these that like... Yeah, but like, we really shouldn't be. Look, man, the managerial staff has been really breathing down my neck about this. Like, we're not supposed to be letting I, people in here. I don't know what the problem is. We're not flying right now. Like, we're currently on the ground. I don't know. It's apparently I'm, in like this huge response to that whole 9-11 thing or I'm whatever. too sober to be flying right now, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll probably be fine. Maybe. But yeah, welcome into the cockpit, the monthly interstitial content show where we talk about things and stuff and come in here with topics to discuss. Yep, we do that. I mean, we have topic. Yeah, yeah. We have a large topic that if we had a larger audience, I might actually be fearful discussing. I wouldn't. Good point. I, I don't care. I, I've, I've been all on it on Twitter. Like, I am not a fearful person. If I, if I was afraid, I wouldn't be arguing the stance that I'm arguing even on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, like, but before we dive into, like, that shit, do you have any other th- any other things that you wanted to talk about, discuss? I'm going to take that as a no. You know Michael B. Jordan? He played Killmonger and Human Torch. I know who you're talking about, yeah. Okay. He recently, in an interview... Yeah, five beginner the, animes. The five animes you, beginning anime fans should get into. Yeah. Uh, do you know what his list was? One of his first ones that he listed was One Piece. It was One Piece, Dragon Ball, Hunter Hunter. Oh, I know this list. Naruto, Dragon Ball, One Piece, Naruto, Hunter Hunter, Bleach. Those were yeah. his five. He literally just named like the big manga slash anime from the mid to early 2000s. So when he was younger and probably getting into anime, which makes sense. That's normally what people name. But he named One Piece in there. So uh, <laughs> like One Piece is a thousand episodes. Naruto's got to be like five to six hundred. Yeah, Naruto is, should never really be anyone's. Bleach is ridiculously long now, too. Mm-hmm. Four hundred and something episodes, five hundred something. Dragon Ball, if you count all of Dragon Ball, <laughs> is stupid. The only viable one there is Hunter Hunter. Yeah. And even then it's confusing because you have hunter hunter and then you have hunter hunter 2011 so before we like dive into the deeper topics i want you to come up with five anime that you would suggest for new anime people to, to like watch okay is it just people in general who are completely new to anime yeah mostly new to anime like are they is it am i giving them the list because they're already interested in anime or is yeah, it just they're, like they're interested in anime they may have watched like okay. some attack on titan or something so if they're actually already interested in anime it's going to be a lot more boring than okay. what i would give someone who's just like completely new to it okay let's do both okay because if it's someone completely new to it, they are getting us mattering from different genres. Okay, fair enough. If it's someone that's kind of already used to it and they're like, I want to watch more of this, it's a completely different thing because they've probably watched popular shonen things. My Hero. Stuff Attack like that, things Titan, that they would go. Yeah. Which, in that circumstance, if they haven't watched it, I would suggest My Hero. It's good. Mm-hmm. I would also suggest the newer Hunter Hunter because I love it. It's great and it does really well. I would also suggest, I think probably just to get them used to disappointment not disappointment as in like oh it's a bad show but disappointment as in yeah this is what happens when you watch a show but other people don't i'd have them watch uh roku no yusha or brave of the six flowers because i think they would enjoy it but then be upset that it never got another season so that's what three four i said yeah that was four right i think so yeah and then i'd probably go with like fma brotherhood okay that's that's fair and that's for somebody that's already in anime yes now they're interested in anime, but they've never seen an anime. Cool. First up, we're going to go with one of my favorites, Kids on the Slope. Yeah, okay. 100%. Because it's a story that you don't does not need to be anime to no, be 100%. viewed. No, 100%. I would love to see a live action adaptation. Because I think, honestly, if I'm trying Maybe. to introduce someone straight up to anime, I'm going to obviously try to make it more tailored to an individual person. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have an individual person, I'm going to be looking at other examples. Because so many people are put upon anime because they think it's literally just all the stereotypes that you see about shonen. Ah! <gasps> Or shown six in, episodes, or shown in rom com things, which is just means it's a fucking harem anime, or ridiculously like edgy. Mm-hmm. But that's what uh, that's an annoying thing. Where you know, obviously, anime is just a medium. So I would go like, uh, so I would go with Kids on the Slope because it is a really good like musical drama story going on there. Yeah, that just happens to be animated. I'd probably still throw FMA Brotherhood on there. That way, you have that dab of shonen, but it has a good, intriguing story. Yes, 100%. that I think with the huge popularity we've seen with shows like Game of Thrones and uh, even The Last of Us and stuff like that, where it's a bit of a darker, grittier story, but we have the lighthearted moments we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the current consumer base seems to be very much aligned with that idea of storytelling which i think brotherhood did and had like did it well mm-hmm. fair enough i would also just because i enjoy it suggest bakemon 
Bakuman is my literal favorite anime, so yep. you're not going to hear me say anything bad about it. And it's also more of a slice of life thing that I think people would enjoy, but you still have those moments. It's a shonen slice of life rom-com. Plus, I think it gives the added bonus of actually giving these ideas about other things they will find in anime or manga. I also think it's really, the- for a new anime, for a new person to anime or manga... It's very powerful in that, like, it gives you an inner look at, like, the creator's lives. Like, yeah, what, what a creator it, does. But another good thing is, because of the way the show is and the way that, hey, we're trying to make a successful thing, it kind of also explains to you these stereotypes and tropes you're going to come across, but it does them in a naturalistic way that works in the show where it doesn't really feel like it's teaching you a lesson if you're coming into it blind. Yeah, 100%. And it also means, because we have such a variety of different storytellers slash authors in that story, introducing, like, their own shows or manga, it opens up this idea of, like, Well, that theoretical story in here sounded intriguing to you. You kind of already know what genre you're going to lean towards or these things you're going to probably be looking for in anime. Yeah, 100%. Like, Nezuma or Neji, is that his name? Eji Nezuma? Yeah, Eji. Like, his primary story feels so much like Ultimio that, like, yeah. if you're, like, super into his thing, go read Ultimio. I don't think Ultimio got a, got an anime. I don't believe it did, no. But... They do know it finished, though. Yeah, like, and the thing is, is that's not just for Ultimio, like, like or as or Nezuma's. Yeah. All of them have, not necessarily one-to-ones in real life, but they all have anime or manga that they're, like, riffing on. Like, you've got Otter Number 9, which is gag very much, but more, like, in the vein of, like, bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo. Mm-hmm. And you got their, their uncle uh his uncle's comic which, which is, is much very, more like uh crayon shinjan it's very much, yeah, it's, yeah it's very much in the vein of like shinchan or like even a little ultimate muscle or food yeah war, not food wars uh the food fighting anime food fight that's what it's called food fight yeah or even like in some of it's obviously it's more aimed at children but like some of the things are more agatsuko esque. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then you have, uh, my forgot what I was going to say there. You said Full Metal, Baku, I was kids. talking about within oh, that. Yeah. Yep. Another thing, I was thinking of an example from that, but I can't remember what it was anymore. So I've said Full Metal, Bakuman, Kids on the Slope. Just those three? Just those three so far. Yeah. I think, because I really enjoy it a lot, I would say Given. That might partially be influenced by the fact that I have recently caught up on the manga all the way. I have, I'm not familiar with Given, so. You you are. You've seen me watch the oh, movie okay. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've Probably. heard me listen to the soundtrack. It is a show about two high schoolers that are part of a band. Mm, yes. Yeah, it's very much BL, which is fantastic. I don't give a fuck. BL, the- for those uninitiated, is boys love. Yeah, it's gay as fuck, and I love it for that. It's an entire genre. Yeah. You know, that it's also wild. Like Japan gets ripped on like gets ripped on for like being very um homophobic. I mean, which they kind of a hundred percent. But like at least for manga and anime, there's an entire subgenre. There's such a diversity in it, which is yeah. fantastic. Like you don't get like that many shows in America where your entire main cast are gay guys. Without it being about, oh my god, look at how gay these guys are. Whereas in Given, it's no, they're gay, but like, dude, they just care about fucking making music and like being happy in life. Yeah. It has a lot more drama in it because obviously that's kind of just what the show's going for. But it also has fantastic music. And then probably See, I, I feel like my next option here needs to be something more classically shonen, but but like I have a few things I would think of like maybe my hero because it is actually a very good introductory shonen and with the popularity of marvel movies and such i think giving someone a super powered show would work a large part of me would want to say cowboy bebop but netflix ruined it and shot them shot me in the foot when i ever try to suggest that to someone now so uh. it's it's like when i say oh yeah i love the live action death note movies and people are like movies yeah also wasn't that terrible and you're like no but like i mean i would say i don't I'm not a huge fan of the Japanese live action movies, but they're not nearly as bad as Netflix's. Okay, so the first two, okay, the third one yeah, is spectacular. So, because I think the other things I've listed kind of cover more of the shonen aspects, though, in some ways, you know what? I think I'll just straight up say it's probably not the best example of this thing, but I still enjoy it. I'm going to go with Cardcaptor Sakura. Maybe Cardcaptor Sakura Clear Card, because you don't necessarily need the previous stuff, and it is definitely much more updated to a for a modern audience, but like, yeah. Okay, so... You put a lot of, like, depth and, like, you had some deep cuts in there, which, so, if I was choosing, like, recommending five anime for somebody new to anime, we're both on Kids on the Slope. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. We're talking straight up blind new to anime, right? Yeah. For years? Yeah. I, I don't have one for, like... Yeah. But, uh... For, like, oh, you've watched a few things, what do you probably... Yeah. But, actually, I have one suggestion. If you if you watch anime and you're looking to get deeper, Ren, Daughters of Nimazine. 
Like, see, I would, but, like, the thing is that I think if you're... I, I would need to know who I'm giving a suggestion to before I suggest Rin Dyer's into missing to someone. Yeah, it's it's a little etchy, and it's also a little uh, seen in. It, it's Very a lot more scenen. graphic. Yeah. yeah. but And it handles topics that I think some people aren't comfortable dealing with. Yeah, like... The and fact- even then, it has some... Not extremely high concepts because they're not that complicated, but there's a few concepts when we're going into the more future of the series uh, I mean, in the later like, episodes that I feel like some people might get a bit lost on. We really have to deal with the topic that vodka is just the Russian word for little water. Like, yeah. That's a very like controversial topic. When, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, yeah, like if you're into anime and you want something a little like darker and you want like a step into the scene in world, yeah. Ren is like my go-to suggestion. But no, if we're talking like brand new to anime, I'm on Kids on the Slope. That's a great suggestion because... Uh, I mean, sorry, before you actually get into this, because you said you think Ren's a great step into it. Honestly, my suggestion would be, and it makes me kind of sad because I'm not a huge fan of it, but especially if you're trying to transition from like Shonen into more scene and things, I'm going to suggest to you Elfin Lead. That's fair. Elfin Lead's a classic for a reason. It's very, very Shonen in a lot of its style. It actually has some kind of shoujo aspects with uh, the more normal parts of the main character's life when she gets amnesia, but like the story itself has a very scene and tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they kill like- a dog for no reason for five animes for people new to anime i'm not like, like you said kids on the slope is perfect it's it's just good storytelling it does like it doesn't need to be anime that could yeah. be a live action like hour-long show that's like eight episodes on netflix or something and yeah. people will be like oh yeah that show was great did you did you watch kids on the slope 100 percent, dude it's it's honestly kind of a soap yeah but like or just your modern drama Look. but like it's fantastic Look, if outer banks can be successful a live action kids on the slope netflix adaptation yeah that isn't garbage could be successful. I agree. My next one, and I know that it's played by the Netflix adaptation, is Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Cowboy Bebop is the closest to perfect an anime has ever been, other than like an anime movie. Anime films are a little different. Like, but Bebop is the closest to perfect an anime itself has ever been, and it's a really good, like, it's a bit episodic, so you're not like pulled into a, yeah. a really large extended plot, but it does have a large extended plot, but it's only like 26 episodes and the music's good, the characters are good, and it hasn't like aged poorly for, for being a show from like the mid 90s. Yeah. So. Look, I gotta ask, are you just gonna keep listing Shinichiro Watanabe things? Is your next suggestion gonna be Samurai Shampoo? It wasn't. It wasn't gonna be Samurai Shampoo, but now that you mention it. Here, let's let's just go through this. Watch Macross, watch Cowboy Bebop, watch Kids on the Slope, because that's also by Shinichiro Watanabe. Watch Space Dandy. Well, yeah. It's Carol so- and Tuesday, and Terror and Resonance. Shit. I mean, I, you know. And that's not even the other shit he's been involved in. Like, he's been part of other stuff. Like, he did some stuff for Ergo Proxy, which is good. We watched an anime recent. Well, not recently. We watched an anime for the podcast. Yeah. That he did. We watched the first two episodes of it. I don't remember what it was called. It, but- the Watanabe did? I thought Watanabe was involved. I might be wrong. Uh, it's the same dude that was involved with. Fuck, what's the name of that samurai show that just came out that people hate? No, you're thinking. I know who you're thinking of, but no. Okay. That is, you're talking Cannon Busters. Mm, yeah. But n- no, that's from the same guy who was involved with, like, Boondocks. Yes. Okay. So, like you said, we got Kids on the Slope and Cowboy Bebop, and it wasn't going to be on my list, but Carol on Tuesday is also a great pick. See, I think it's a really good pick. I There are definitely some problems with the way it portrays trans people and with some like really bad characterization of non-gender conforming people fair enough robiachi is on my list though robiachi is fantastic oh my fucking god <laughs> yeah robiachi is kind of like the bastard child of space dandy and cowboy bebop yeah like i was gonna say it was like a refined version of space dandy but i mean you've done that but with more words yeah it's very good very funny the music's great and <sighs> In general, I'm not a fan of comedy cartoons or, co- like, adult comedy. Yeah. But Robiachi nails the comedy aspects. Like, it's yeah so good. And, like, the co- it not only, like, is a good comedy show, but it's, like, got social commentary embedded within it via some of the different planets they go to. Yeah. But I was mostly joking about Carol and Tuesday. Yeah. Like, Carol and Tuesday is fine. I've not actually watched a lot of it. I've watched, like, two episodes and listened to a bunch of the music. Yeah. But in that slot, I would actually recommend Begata HK. Yamada's first time. Mm-hmm. Which is a shoujo, which is... Shoujo is the anime or manga term for a 
manga for girls it means girl story yeah and shonen is boy story but let's be clear here obviously anyone of any gender or identity can enjoy either mostly shonen just means it has more action and yeah. shoujo means it has more more of a focus on relationships or like kind of just everyday life situations mm-hmm. and generally in both of these if you're watching shonen you're more likely to your main character is more likely to be a guy and if you're watching here. shoujo your main character is more likely to be a girl so in Bugatti HK- on that on that point though your topic of shoujo does remind me i mentioned hardcaptor soccer as one of my suggestions but you know what as much as i enjoy it i think i'd rather remove that and suggest sweetness to lightning mm-hmm. which is a really good slice of the life anime about a father and his daughter and he's his wife recently died and he's trying to learn how to cook to make his daughter happy the mm-hmm. way she eats things because she wasn't eating or whatever it's a delightful story sad moments really happy moments really cute moments or i suggest clan ad you can't suggest clan ad for a new anime viewer i suggest clan ad after story no it's almost as bad as suggesting madoka almost yeah, but this one doesn't rely on tropes and having to know things about the medium already. That's why it's almost as bad as suggesting Madoka. Madoka is worse because it requires you to have a concept of those tropes and understanding. I don't know what you have against me suggesting Clan Ad, but whatever. You were talking about Bagata HK. Bagata HK is a shonen. Have we went into what shonens are? It, it's a shoujo, but yes. Okay. Bugatti HK is a shoujo, my bad, that focuses on the story of a girl getting ready to go into high school and she doesn't want to be a virgin going into high school, which is why the show is also called Yamada's First Time. Yeah. I'm going to start by saying, even though the show is a little etchy, which in manga and Japanese terms means like a It's a little humor, racy, basically. Yeah, it's a little racy. Bugatti HK, Yamada's First Time, does not have any sex or anything in it like that because as much as the show is about her wanting to no longer be a virgin going into high school, it's really about like learning that you can develop at your own pace and grow not on somebody else's terms because the start of a guy hk she she knows she's a virgin but she doesn't know what like sex is or what virginity is and it's really a love story between these two people falling in love despite yamada's goal isn't just to enter high school as not a virgin she wants to like have sex with a hundred guys before she goes to high school like that's her grand lofty goal that way she's experienced and whatever but she falls in love with this one guy and then learns that she could take she doesn't have to grow at other people's pace and instead the two of them have a very like pure relationship through the like what later part of yeah. the series because the show isn't about sex even though they, that's what it is about on the surface level it's yeah. it's very funny very beautiful a great like introduction to shoujo in my opinion and like yeah i mean if we're i've already made so many suggestions i should stop <laughs> what what you got i was gonna say if we're talking about like a good introduction to like a kind of shoujo relationship anime i think toradora is another good suggestion there especially if you're one of those people who like when you're watching tv or a movie or something you really like that classic pairing of like disparate almost character ideas but where people despite having these differences work well together okay so that brings me to my final suggestion which i don't feel bad about anymore because so your suggestions so far have been kids on the slope mm-hmm. cowboy bebop Robiachi, Bigata HK. Okay. This brings me to my fifth and final suggestion, which I don't feel bad about anymore because it was actually two suggestions, but you've suggested so many things I don't feel bad about actually yeah, making my number five too. So I have one that's more like on the shonen action side with a little bit of political thriller in there. Yeah. Because Gundam is like the key go-to for political Wait, anime. Wait, suggestion wasn't Gundam? My suggestion is not Gundam. You're wrong then. My suggestion is Code Geass, Lucia the Rebellion. <clears throat> I mean, it's a good suggestion, but... It's a better mech series than most Gundams. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. And the other suggestion, if you're not really vibing with the action of Shonen, and you're not really, like, into the idea of political thrillers, is the adorable, easily digestible, episodic... My roommate is a cat? Fuck, you know, I, I wasn't going to say my roommate <laughs> is a cat, but now that you mention it, my roommate is a cat is a banger. Fuck, my roommate is a cat. That's my final suggestion. <laughs> it, it's perfect holy shit i was gonna say hamtaro but you know what your my, my my roommate is a cat is just a better suggestion okay you win my we, roommate we is can cat. cover what both of those are though if you want okay hamtaro is an anime about a group of hamsters who live in the suburbs the who live in the suburbs together and during the day sneak out of their enclosures and all hang out at a clubhouse together and get into hijinks yeah it's adorable it's literally adorable i hate you so much because my life <laughs> is a cat my roommate is a cat is just so much better it's just a, such a better example my roommate is a cat we reviewed it for this podcast actually did we i'm pretty sure we did i don't remember anymore man i don't think we did you, I, we might not have i think we may have talked about it but then we just watched it yeah my roommate is a cat 
is an anime with very short episodes. They're like 15 minutes. Well, no, it's a half hour long episode, but it splits each episode into the same story told mm, from yes. two different perspectives. So it's a, it's a full length episode, but I was just thinking, so My Roommate is a Cat is an anime that is, each episode is actually two 14 minute episodes, 12 yeah. minute episodes, but they're the same story. One story is from the owner of this cat who didn't want him to have a cat, but like got gifted one and like... Yeah, he's a writer. He ended up with a cat. Mm-hmm. He's and, kind of put upon, but like, you know, he still likes the fact that he has a cat. He likes the cat. So the first half of the show is his story and like his day with this cat. And the second half of the episode is the same story from the cat's point of view. The cat doesn't talk. It's not like we're talking we're talking about a world with talking animals. Yeah, but we when we're with the cat, we get the cat's thoughts. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look at all of these kind of annoying hijinks that this cat got up to. Man, it's ruining my day. Or look at how this has affected what's going on. And then we get to the cat and the cat's like, my human's so weird. Like, and then it's like all these logical reasons as to why the cat's doing what the cat's doing because cat so, things make sense to cat. So it's basically Garfield. That Garfield was more wholesome and not yeah. a literal demon meant to plague John's life and make his life a living nightmare. Yes. Yeah, it's that, but anime. So that was the segment brought to you by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, like well-known patron and sponsor of the show. I don't want to roast Michael B. Jordan's take too much because. He suggested nothing but good anime. Yeah. Like, they're good shows. But the issue is, they're all, like, hundreds of hours. Yeah, and also, I'm gonna be a bit gatekeepy here, I guess. Not intentionally. I would say they're all fairly basic takes, too. And they're all, like, very shonen. Like, yeah. there's other things than anime about people punching people. Mm-hmm. But not not if, you, not if you listen to Michael B. Jordan's recommendations. And I don't know if that's maybe because Michael B. Jordan doesn't watch a lot of things, or he watches almost strictly shonen. Or, there's that thing that I've people do where it's like well because i'm talking basically to so many people here i'm just going to offer up these very basic shows that anyone can kind of enjoy i, I also think there's a bit of like history to it right like yeah. the reason why i'm watching lost or like the reason why watching lost yes watching lost uh, i'm still on season three season two i'm still on season two the reason why i'm watching lost or like the reason why i plan to watch all of one piece this year actually yeah. read all of one piece this year and watch her read all of Naruto and watch her read all of Dragon Ball this year is because there's a history to it, right? Yeah, like, no, I completely understand you. All five of his suggestions have massive, like, like are massively inspirational for most of modern day shonen. Yeah. Or in the case of One Piece, is still somehow 26 years later modern day shonen. Yeah, yeah. Because One Piece doesn't quit. <laughs> but the roots of My Hero Academia can be seen in Dragon Ball Z. Yes, and so. If we're wanting to talk about like recommendations or like what you should watch eventually when you get when you get an anime if you enjoy it yeah. and you want a sense of the history yeah you should go watch Astro Boy a hundred percent you should watch Astro Boy at some point if you like anime and you like shonen watch Astro Boy I would agree it's the first like action shonen anime you should watch it have I watched it not all of it I've seen some episodes but. It's not bad. The history of a genre influences the stuff currently. So, like, recommending stuff like Dragon Ball, which is the most influential shonen of all time, IMO. Yeah. Or, very big thing here, if you really like Batman, watch Big O. Oh, God, that's such a good wreck. Fuck. Yeah, if you like Batman, Big O is, like... That, that's it. I will strictly only suggest you watch Big O. It's it's great. You watch it if you want, whatever. But if I'm, I would never offer it as a, this is a show you should watch suggestion for someone just starting. Unless they're like the biggest Batman fan I know. Then I'll suggest Big O. Yeah. Big O is definitely an anime you should watch. It's very good. Very, but like, it's not something that you should start with. No. Unless you're a Batman fan. Yes. And then watch Big O. It's just Batman the anime. Batman the anime with a giant mechs. I said Batman the anime. It's actually like, it's Batman meets Evangelion. Eh. Yeah. Eh. I mean, I'm only six episodes into Evangelion, but it feels like that's right. Mm, it's a lot more detective-y. Not really fighting big monsters. No, but like, there's giant sentient robots that plague Big O in the world of Big O. I mean, no. Yes? They're not giant sentient robots. You fight some, like, other giant mags and like... Oh, for some reason I was thinking they were... They're sent- not really sentient robots. There's uh, some robot shenanigans going on. Okay. That he doesn't understand. It's been a while since things. I watched Big O, and honestly, the time loop in Big O wrecks my brain. Not entirely a time loop. Anyways, if you like Batman, watch Big O. If yeah. you also, if you like Inception, I would recommend Big O. Or if you like steampunk aesthetics and big robots. Or if you like Inception, I'd recommend the movie Paprika. Uh, I mean, I would just suggest the movie Paprika because it's a much better Inception. Like, Inception took most of its great directive cues from Paprika. Yeah, so, like I said, I didn't want to roast Michael B. Jordan. I just thought his take was kind of, um, like you said, basic. Yeah. And there are, there are much better recommendations out there. I would now, agree. 
if you don't have anything else that you want to d- deep dive into, I have one other thing I want to talk about, and then we can get into the big, big thing. We'll do your one other thing. We're like at 30 minutes before okay. edits, so. I just wanted to talk about Marvel Midnight Suns, the game. Go forth. So, um, there's a genre of game. It's very popular in like Japanese games called Dating Sims. There's another genre. Okay, so if you're not going to watch Clan Ad, play Clan Ad. It's a Viz novel where you can date people. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. It's called Dating Sims. And there's another genre of video games, more popular in the West, but also very popular in Asia, called Strategy RPGs. If you like strategy RPGs, play Clan Ad. It's not a strategy RPG. Like, I think some of the bigger ones are like Fire Emblem, XCOM. Those are the biggest strategy RPGs that are hitting my brain right now. As far as straight up strategy like tactics games go yes but we're talking just strategy games in general you got all the rts games like the warhammer 40k stuff so if you like strategy games like fire emblem and or xcom and you you don't have to like dating sims if you enjoy like dating sim aspects and like games like persona marvel Woman night suns might be for you if, if you, you like personal relationship development if that you, you can affect in the game if you like comic books and one of those two things marvel Woman night suns is the game for you the Dialogue in Marvel Midnight Suns is garbage. I won't defend it. But all of the characters feel like they're comic book selves. That's good. Like Even if the dialogue is garbage, or in the case of Deadpool as voice actor, the voice acting is garbage. Sorry, Sad. sorry, voice actor. I don't like hating people doing art or performance, but I don't like your voice for Deadpool. The characters are like nailed perfectly in line with their comic book characters. Their characterization is good. Yeah. And it's a hell of a fun game. And it's definitely worth the price. Now, I've seen a lot of reviews, like, or individual reviews, not like gaming magazine reviews or like company reviews. Yeah. Where people are like, this is a full price AAA game. And they want me to pay more money for <clears throat> skins. And like, people are complaining about it. That's every game ever. But like, nowadays, you don't have to buy the DLC skins. Yeah, you do. And in fact, most of the DLC skins are kind of garbage. That's normally the case. Unless you were talking about Persona. Then they have good DLC skins. So the only DLC I would suggest buying is like the story DLCs. And the game itself is a ridiculous amount of hours for the money you're putting in. I bought the game on sale for like 20, 30 bucks plus the DLC. So $30 for the entire game and it came with the DLC. And for $30, I am almost 50 hours into the game. And I am less than halfway through. Gross. I did. That's so delightful. I did do one of the DLCs already, though. But the DLC it is short. It's three missions. Yeah. So it's not like a lot. And it balances to your level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also also the DLCs are gate kept by story progress. Like you can't do certain DLCs until you get to a certain point in the story. Oh, like, good. Like the Venom DLC just dropped, and in order to do the Venom DLC, you have to finish part one of the game. You can't do DLC before then. Okay. Because it doesn't make story sense for you to Venom in your party before. Yeah. Ven- well, Venom is still like locked down sanctum centaurum and preventing you from taking it but yeah game is very good if you like comic books if you like strategy games if you like dating sims the game is a hundred percent built for you the gameplay loop is insanely good you do you start your day in the game and you'll like want to do your like daily upkeep tasks like petting your dog and like exploring the island for treasure chests that you don't, that you haven't unlocked yet so on and so forth and then you'll do your daily training and then you'll do actually do your mission and once you finish your mission you then you're going to do a hangout or a club activity. Club activities are like making clubs because, you know, sometimes like because sometimes you just get hungry and like that classic ham, turkey, bacon, cheese sounds good. But you need someone to like hang with as you're fixing your food, you know? No, well, no. Right now I'm in three clubs in Marvel Midnight Suns. I'm in the Emo Kids Club, which is like that's the name of the, kid, the name of the group, but it's it's an acronym. But it's just it's basically the magic kids. Like yeah, yeah, I magic. It's blanking on it's magic it's strange strange it's uh you yeah it's all the magic it's like all the people like digging around with magic it's fun then there is the, the, the shop class or shop club yeah which is Literally just Peter Parker and Ghost Rider to start because Ghost Rider, this is not uh, Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. This is better Ghost Rider. Yeah, I'm forgetting his name because. Same. Yeah. And then Tony Stark eventually joins you guys. Obviously. But like, you're just working on cars and like making gadgets and stuff. It's fun times. And then I'm in a book club right now with Captain America, Captain Marvel, Blade, and myself. Wolverine joins you later in book club once you unlock Wolverine. You know who I need to be in that book club? Who's that? I need Colossus to be in that book club. Colossus is not in the game. That is sad. He would be great in the book club. I will. I assume he's going to be in the Storm DLC. He, as brings, like... he brings a different socioeconomic view and cultural view to book club, which is always fantastic. Right now, 
all we've read in book club is books about how how to murder people and and a book, you would have a very different view on that than most like especially wolverine and a book filleting captain america as a leader steve brought that book to book club that tracks captain marvel brought us a kree war manual okay blade brought us a book about hunting and killing vampires oh, no wait blade's first book is the art of war that's the first book he brings us to read captain marvel kree war manual and then steve brought us a book about captain america because steve yeah uh but yeah no it's great i love the game and then like you could do single person hangouts where you you and a single other character go would do like stargazing or friendship activities or drinking or playing cards yeah it's it's i love the game sorry did you have anything you wanted to talk about we can make the nope, longer i'm good okay so the final topic for this episode of inside the cockpit is mr beast what Boy, he's that really famous YouTube guy who's always doing great charity stuff, and no one can ever say a bad thing about him. Yeah. So, first, I want to preface this by saying charity is good. Like, do using your wealth, or even if you don't have wealth, to, like, help other people is a good thing. It is empirically a good thing, and, and there's nothing that can be said about that that will negate that. You can do horrible things while giving to charity. You can use charity under false pretenses. But as long as that money is actively helping someone, that is still a good thing. Is charity necessarily... Is charity necessarily was done for the right reasons no does something good come from it in those situations yes so the mr beast topic like spiraled like became an actual like controversial topic during like not his last charity video but the one before that yes where he healed like where he where he got a thousand people laser eye surgery to fix their eyes yeah and there were people that took umbrage with that because it's exploitation. You're taking people who have, like, they have no honest chance of, like, ever seeing because... because yeah, they cannot afford the surgery. And the only way you're going to fix their eyes is if they... Agreed to do this video with you. Which, it is it is literally poverty porn. It's exploitation of people. Yeah. And there's a there's a group of people online who are like, hey, exploiting those people is wrong. Like, it's, it's still... It's nice that you've cured their blindness. But it's still wrong that you cured their blindness only to make a video about it, exploiting that to make money sure you're doing it for your charity channel so according to everything you said that money just goes back into your charity so you can do more things like this the charity he owns uh-huh which you know generally the person that owns the charity is drawing a paycheck from it or if they're not they are divesting interest from the stock increases which means they can then borrow against that so they're not actually even losing or using their own money but they get effectively the worth of it so at no taxable cost so well it's a empirically good thing that mr beast jimmy Donald paid to have these people's eyesight fixed it's a little bit fucked up that he, he does it under the guise of exploiting them for content yeah and the thing is you can't make that critique online of him without hundreds of people or if you have very little reach like our podcast maybe a couple people a couple dozen if you're unlucky yeah be coming at you and being like oh so charity's evil now oh mr beast is a bad person I and mean, that's not what anybody is saying that's not what the yeah. topic is the topic is exploiting people for content regardless of what you're doing for them is wrong yeah and i don't think Crazy. that should be a, i don't think that should be a controversial take like i think i thought we that was a thing we all learned back when tiktok be, took off because yeah that was like a very popular genre subgenre of tiktoks yep. where people would like give homeless people money or food or, like, get them new clothes or a makeover, and it's just like, what the fuck, bro? As TikTok content. And yeah. Like, it very quickly became a, hey, you shouldn't exploit people. One of my favorite, in quotation things I've seen from, like, that era of, like, TikTok was, like, this guy could apparently play the piano, so they bought him a stand-up piano. Mm -hmm. Not, like, a, you know, grand piano thing, but stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Compact piano. But that, he, he was still homeless. He had a stand-up piano that it's a bitch to fucking move. Mm -hmm. It's not even like they got him a fucking synthesizer or anything. Sure, your logic, I guess, is maybe he can busk for money. But in a lot of big cities, if you don't have a permit to busk, you're going to get stopped. You're going to get that money taken from you because you've gained it illegally. And you're going to be charged for it. And that's all the issues that he would assumably still have before you did anything. Mm -hmm. But hey, I've done something good. So give me views. Like, what the fuck? And, like, it's not even a fair argument to say that Mr. Like, I've seen the argument that, well, the scale at which Mr. Beast is doing this makes the exploitation okay. That's no. that's a fucked up argument to begin with because that's just saying if you do a bad thing at a large enough scale, it's good again. That's why slavery was okay for so long. It, it Like, the exploitation was horrible, but it was so many people that it was okay. But you're giving all these people houses. Yeah. And because you're giving them all houses. And food. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no. It's fucked up. 
But that's not even a good defense for, like, Mr. Beast because his content literally started with him exploiting homeless people for 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, that's where he started with this philanthropy. And, like... He had the same idea as the guy in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s who thought of the Hobo Fights videotapes you could buy. Bum fights, yeah. Yeah. Sure, they got money. They also got hurt. But did they agree to do it because they would get money and food? Yes, because people need money and food. And... I have some deeper issues I want to discuss, but going to his next shirty video, the one that recently came out, he bought like 20,000 kids in Africa shoes. Yeah. And like, there's a way you can definitely do that wrong as per, as Tom shoes did, as Tom shoes taught us, you can do that very, very wrong. And Mr. Beast did not do it wrong. No, he bought shoes from local individuals to, you know, to support that local economy. He got shoes from there. They were, I'm not entirely sure if they were ethically sourced. because I don't know exactly who he partnered with, but like Mm -hmm. that money still went into fuel that economy and helped get children that needed shoes shoes. But the, the, the issue that people are still talking about in regards to the video is the video still exists as an exploitation of these children yeah. who didn't have shoes. You're exploiting their, their lack of a basic necessity in order to make viral internet content. Yes. On the topic, I think this is actually a very like relevant quote. It's from a former president of the country of Burkina. He served as president from 1983 to 1987. His name is Thomas Sankara. Mm. And he has this pretty famous quote, him talking about food aid for his country. Yes. Those who come with wheat millet corner milk they are not helping us those who come those who come who really want to help us can give us plows tractors fertilizer insecticide watering cans drills and dams yeah this is how we would define food aid in burkina yeah because giving these children shoes cool that's fine you're 100 percent helping these 20 these twenty thousand kids yes but you're not addressing the root problems no. Bringing Burkina gallons of milk fixes the problem for a couple weeks. Yep. But it doesn't address the problem in the long term. It's the teach a man to fish issue. Yeah, exactly. And, and it would be less of an issue if Mr. B spent any time in his videos talking about the roots of these causes. But he doesn't. And, and what you as a viewer of his videos could do to help these causes. But if he told you how you could do it, you're no longer focusing on Mr. Beast. You're focusing on what you can do. And also, if you're you're doing stuff, you have less time to watch Mr. Beast. Yeah. And so, like... I want to be clear. I had no negative feelings towards Mr. Beast at all until yeah. last week. Um, and it ha- like, I thought the like I care thing, like people getting mad about that. Like, yes, it's exploitation, but like you're overblowing it. What he's doing is mostly helpful. Yeah, I was like, man, there are definitely issues with that. There are definitely better ways he could be helping with the amount of money he's used. There are a lot of charities that work with a lot of medical professionals because, fun fact, a lot of medical professionals, especially if they're working at private hospitals, have to meet a certain amount of pro bono hours. You have some doctors and such that actually, and some charities that have doctors who literally just like work pro bono at the cost of the patient. They generally have like a small they get aided from the charity or whatever. That's how they get their So pay. what you're saying is instead of paying full price for all these eye surgeries... He could have donated the money to charities that get these surgeries at a lot lower cost and helped a lot more people than what he did in his video. But yes. how could he have made content out of that? He wouldn't have been able to because he wouldn't have known where yeah. the money see, went. See, that's the thing. See, the thing... And they would have been... Guess what? Their medical records and their private medical history and procedures would have been protected. So he wouldn't have been able to figure out who that money went to and record them. Yeah, and that's the big thing too. Like... You have these people on camera who are like, yeah, we're totally cool with what we're doing, what Mr. Beast is doing to help us us being on camera. But there's a giant power difference there. There's a person who commented on one of these Twitter threads. Yeah. And he talked about like it was like a six post tweet. Mm -hmm. He was talking about how he was homeless in the early 2000s and like he didn't have food like. Yeah. He didn't have a stable source of food. But like these churches would come and they would like give them a shelter for the evening, give them food and stuff. But But they will proselytize at you the entire time. It wasn't that they'd proselytize. They wanted like pictures of their of like their church and their community members. Yeah. Helping these poor people. And if you didn't agree to it. Uh, he, he said, I, I never saw somebody get turned down as far as like housing or food, but it felt very much like if I didn't listen to their preaching and I didn't take these pictures with them, that next time or even this time, they would refuse to give me aid. Or they wouldn't come back to this area. And yeah. what am I supposed to do as a person who does not have a home, who does not have food, but to subject myself and to base myself in order to like secure these things? Yeah. There, there's that huge problem, that disparity there. And like, it's, it's even bigger with Mr. Beast because like, if you appear in a Mr. Beast video and you were like, no, I, was, I wasn't actually comfortable with this thing, not only is your face now out there for all of Mr. Beast's fans, like 
Are you sure he's even going to pay for the surgery at that point? Yeah, exactly. He's already holding the power of what his money can do over you. But also, the millions of people that follow him, you have to worry about them as well. Especially if you come out even afterwards and be like, hey, I wasn't really comfortable with this. But yes, I did do this because I desperately needed this surgery. Whether it be to help support my family or even just to increase my own betterment of life. To like live a better life, a more comfortable life. And like, so that's like I said, that video in of itself wasn't the thing that like made me become negatively aware of mr beast yeah the thing that made me like view mr beast in a negative light was a tweet he sent out last week or the week before where it was a picture of um beastables feastables yeah his chocolate bars at a walmart and the, the thing the feature was messed up yeah and then there was another picture of it straightened up and he's like hey i'm looking to get a, a, a team together that i'll pay to do this yeah but until then i've got issues with this too could you go out and anytime you see these straighten them up and, like, I don't even care if you knock Hershey's on the floor out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he later deleted that subtweet. Oh, because there's an important thing that I'll mention because I don't, uh, I feel like I'm the one that yeah. mentioned that to you originally. But he, yeah, he even said, I don't care if you knock out like other candy bars out of the way. In fact, jokingly encouraged it. Jokingly is obviously um, but, unsubstantiated, but it's assumed. But he's asking for literal free labor, and his Twitter account is mostly followed by adults mostly yeah roughly like 40 percent of it though is followed by people the age of 20 or lower according to self-reporting polls which were poorly formatted so you also have people that would be at the age of 20 who did not respond to that because there was overlap in the times in the age ranges that's his twitter followers yep he has a majority children audience once you start looking at youtube yes and he's asking literal children for free labor and people are like, oh, it's not labor. It's only a couple minutes to straighten up a shelf. But he's literally in the same tweet saying, hey, I'm going to pay people to do this. Yeah, I am recognizing it's a job. There are people that are literally already paid to do that. It is a job. And like me, I'm fucking poor. You like, yeah, it would be I have less than a thousand dollars available at any given moment right now. If something fucks up and goes wrong, I'm screwed. But Mr. Beast, who has a net worth of over a hundred million dollars asking for free shit for free labor is so fucked up. I refuse any type of like free or discounted labor when it comes to something like like that I'm that I'm inter- that I'm interested in or want. Yeah. Like when we bought the co-pilot's art. Yes. Just charged us a ridiculously like low low, um, low amount for that for that commission. Like honestly, because we we weren't just buying it for use for like personal use. We we bought it on the understanding that it would be used in a professional sense. Like, yeah, she designed a logo for what is ostensibly a company. We have not filed for any LLC memberships or understandings. She designed that as a logo for a company. Yes. We tipped her an additional like 30 or 40 percent of what she asked for because you don't you shouldn't ask for free shit when you're trying to make money on something. This podcast isn't like an endeavor where we're actively trying to make money. But like we recognize that that is technically a possibility and there is no area in which we want to feel like we've deprived someone else of value that they've actively provided or given when they are entitled to appropriate remuneration for the effort and time they put into something and so if, even if it's just four or five minutes straight up a shelf you owe that person for facing your product so that it sells better yeah. that's, that's what the purpose of facing is is to increase sales which on that note so a lot of companies when you're working with them really um there are rules they have about the providers affecting store layout Mm -hmm. that technically includes facing yeah because that is store layout it's why like if you've ever noticed that if you've gone to like your local walmart you'll see like a guy with like a coke shirt or maybe a pepsi shirt doing these product displays it's because the agreement that they have with walmart is hey we will do this because we believe it helps us sell our product, which actually it's proven it does. Like the big look at this NFL logo we made out of Pepsi cans or whatever. Yeah. It sells better. And also by doing that, a lot of the time they're paying more to be allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're paying more for like, hey, this is like right in the fucking doors. We are basically paying for this spot here. Well, yeah, honestly, and this is getting deep in the weeds, pretty much all shelf placement in a store is bought and purchased. Yes. Like, if you want your stuff at eye level... Mm -hmm. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, you have to pay to get Mm -hmm. your stuff at eye level. So, obviously, like you mentioned, he was like, yeah, it's fine, throw Hershey's and stuff on the floor, which would be an active involvement of a company against store layout and destruction of another rival company's goods, which, you know... But it's not because he's not paying them. Like... Mm -hmm. Nobody is encouraging it, which could still be problems. That's why it was deleted, definitely. Mm -hmm. But what he's encouraging is for people to go out and sure with good intent ignore the facing and layout instructions that this store has which one 
can actually get people in trouble. Yes. Because, like, if you don't know what you're doing facing the shelf, it, it's not hard, right? But, like, especially if you're at, like, a really strict store, there are things that tell you how many uh, how many things go on a shelf, how many things are supposed to be facing, and all of that for when you're zoning an area. So when you're organizing it. Like, there's only so many certain like cans of something that are supposed to be in the front and then the rest go behind. Sure, there might be room to the right, but that's not for that product. That is for a different product. You cannot just move it over. Mm-hmm. You have people that will legitimately get in trouble, maybe get caps or points against them forever that they work. Caps being corrective action points, mm-hmm. a system that... So you would literally be getting people in trouble at work because you've messed up a display, especially if you've gone in... Like, it's less likely to happen probably during the middle of the day when things get busy because they don't normally do that that often. But like, if you're going in later... And they've zoned it and maybe it's gotten a bit messed up, but you adjust it past something and then like their supervisor walks through and now you have changed it to not meet the standards that that shelf is supposed to be at. You could legitimately be getting someone in trouble at their job because you've messed with something and fucked it up. Yeah. Like even beyond him asking for free labor, which was like the initial thing that made me go, Mr. Beast probably isn't like the, the greatest guy like people are saying, because the point at which millionaires and billionaires start asking for free labor is a point of no return in my mind. Like that's some fucked up shit. And I was like, well, I've never had any reason to think of him as a bad person, but this is pretty fucked up. Yep. And then I started like looking into stuff and like looking into Feastables and looking into Beast Burger and stuff. Rainforest Alliance. And Feastables are like positioning themselves as an alternative to Hershey's. Yes. But they they source their chocolate from the same group as Hershey, Rainforest Alliance. And Hershey is currently in trouble for using child labor in regards to the Rainforest Alliance. Rainforest Alliance, and there's a lawsuit going on. And Feastables started after that lawsuit was made public. Which after means, the issues with Rainforest Alliance were made public. Which means when Jimmy was choosing a source for his chocolate, it was publicly available information that the RFA uses child labor, and he still chose to go with the RFA. Yes. So that's one that's fucked up. And like the obvious like loud retort here is, well, how is he going to keep the chocolate cheap enough for people to buy if he doesn't use the cheap chocolate available in the market? And the answer is you don't. Yeah. If child labor is the only way to make your product viable for people to buy, don't make that product. Yeah. It's not hard. Or he just, honestly, he just wanted to do a Willy Wonka shit. Yes. And so that's what he did. Like, fuck, fuck the child, the child labor that you're like, exploiting. Reduce the size of your candy, sell it at a, at a higher markup. Fun fact, there are a lot of chocolate brands that exist and make money even though they're not directly competing at Hershey's price point because mm-hmm. they make either better chocolate, which I mean, let's face it, most do. There's um, the chemicals used to help preserve Hershey, give it its distinctive flavor, but it's also what allows and makes a lot of other people who aren't American basically to think that um, Hershey's chocolate tastes like it's kind of soured mm-hmm. because uh, it technically kind of has a bit because of the chemical process. So yeah, we have Feastables, which is obviously shady in that it's partnered with a company that uses child labor. Yeah. But like on top of that, I don't know what Feastables pays its people to package bars. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know I don't know anything about that. No idea. And I haven't looked into that. But what I can tell you is that Beast Burger, which is a ghost kitchen that works out of actual other restaurants which talk to like any server or restaurant worker who actually cares about working in that industry not like hey i'm a fast food worker or i might work at a mom and pop shop and i don't actually care this is just a job but if you talk to any actual professional individual in that industry fun fact most of them hate ghost kitchens because it harms like, they are basically mercenaries in the in, in the restaurant industry, which that's an entire different gig that it is. But um, more often than not, if you are a restaurant mercenary or a knife for hire, completely different. Those most of the time are someone that's like, hey, we've had people call in. We are a very busy restaurant. We'll call up a single guy, have him in for the night. We'll pay a bit more for it. But when you're talking about staffing an entire kitchen like that, it's a much bigger issue. Yeah. And they're restaurant scabs. The thing, the important thing is Beast Burger as a company in the locations that it exists pays its workers near poverty or poverty wages, which means the money that Mr. Beast is earning and like the way he's inflating his wealth is through the active exploitation of labor, the active exploitation of child labor, and the active exploitation of the poor and disabled. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but Jimmy Donaldson is not a good person if this is how he's building his wealth. There are two anecdotes that I think both work well, and they're both in the public information. Mm -hmm. One's an older YouTube video, and another is an instance with the Children's Miracle Network. Yeah. Well, the YouTube video, that's not completely in the public eye. There's an interview that he talks about it because he cut a lot of the stuff out of the YouTube video. Yeah. But he has, like, there was a moment early on in his YouTube philanthropy act, like, carrying, where he was, through sponsors, given a couple thousand dollars. I think it was, like, almost $10,000. And he gave it to his mother as a YouTube video. Yeah. 
But he didn't tell her. She was part of a YouTube video. And he didn't tell her like that where the money came from initially or anything. So he went to give her the money and she's like, I can't take this money from you. You're my son. I can't be taking. I'm not going to take 10,000. I'm not going to take this this much money from you. Like, I appreciate the thought, but like, I'm not comfortable doing that. Like, I care about you. Use this money on you. And he's like, I can't use this money on me. It's from sponsors. And if I don't give it away. I won't make any more. I won't make any more money. The pipeline will dry up. And so her response was, so you're using me for YouTube content? And he said, yes, exactly. And she goes, I'm not comfortable with that. He goes, it's a win-win though. Like the the fact that you could look at your parent or a loved one and be like, I don't care if you're uncomfortable with this. It It makes makes, me money. It makes me money and technically you're better off for it. So I don't care if you're uncomfortable with it. That's fucked up too. Yeah. And even more fucked up in my opinion is he didn't even take the time to like discuss this before making the YouTube video with his mother. Yeah. To be just be like, hey, this is a thing. Like well, maybe because, you may well, not feel comfortable well, about it. Well, it's 100% like, because he wanted her real reaction on yeah, camera. And her real reaction just wasn't something he liked. Yeah. And you wanted to talk about the other anecdote, which is all over the internet if you want to go look for it. Yeah. So the Children's Miracle Network, you've probably oh, heard of. Actually, I want to, I want to lead in with this one. So, Justice and I, one of our best friends was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 17. Yeah. So, this, like, or he was 16. He was 16 at the time. This hits for us because, like, he he was a, he missed out on, like, Make-A-Wish thing by, like, six months or something. Yeah. And ended up, like, with another charity. But, like, yeah. So, if you want to go ahead. So, it may have been the Children's Miracle Network or maybe it was the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I don't remember which. Yeah, it was Make-A-Wish, but I Make-A-Wish. think it was through Children's Miracle. Which, both of those organizations have issues. You can look those up. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Mr. Beast. But, in general, both those both those organizations are also doing good. Yeah, they, they do fair work. They do good things. Like, we've mentioned Jimmy does good things. Again, but- again no matter how much we criticize Jimmy... I would I would always rather a a billionaire no occur than none or a billionaire spend their money making the world better even if they're also pocketing off that yeah I would rather they donate to charity and use their money for philanthropy than not do that yeah like the, we'll just acknowledge that there are obviously problems here and that things could be better mm-hmm. but there is a child whose wish was to meet Mr Beast because they were a really big fan. And, you know, it's very common occurrence. Hey, I really like this person. I would really like to meet them. Simple make-a-wish. And it's not even like it's weird that a child would look up to Mr. Beast because that's what he's built his entire, like... Yes. Like I said, his YouTube analytics would show you that over half of his audience are children. Yeah. Like, it's not that So when approached, Mr. Beast uh, apparently was on board initially on the condition that if he did it, he could make a YouTube video of it. Which, so fun fact, no, you can't do that. Literally, one, the person you're talking to is a representative from make-a-wish they legally cannot give you that permission mm-hmm. you have to get the permission from the children's parents mm-hmm. and also they are not there to exploit the sick children they are there to give them something that means a lot to them because they are in a dire situation and we are trying to make a positive impact on their life a life that unfortunately may not last much longer i mean i think like this is my own like thought process here but there is there is documented evidence that being happy increases the likelihood of recovery from terminal illness. Yes. There are studies that show, hey, instead of let's instead of putting you in a nursing home or putting you on all these life supports, as long as you're whatever you're sick with isn't going to immediately kill you if you're taking off the machine, a lot of people live long live not a lot longer, but a bit longer in hospice in like a good hospice care or home care than they do in a hospital or a nursing home when they're like that. And that's the thing that we see multiple times. Obviously, the medical corporation doesn't like it because you spend the majority, you spend like a third of medical costs that you're ever going to spend in your lifetime. Like, like I think it's literally like a third of yeah. all your medical costs in like the last 10, 15 years of your life. Yep. That's the majority of where your medical costs are going to come. Fun fact, you can deal with that in the future. Let that sit in the back of your mind and make you feel bad. That'll be most of your medical costs in your life. So, of course, you know, you're going to be pushed to sit and stay in a hospital or a nursing home where they can drain you of money and you'll be unhappy. (laughs) Anyways, though. Yeah, so. Digression aside. He was like, I'll do it if I can make a video. Well, he was told he could make a video. So instead of them being like, well, all right, I really want to make a video, but I'll do it anyways. He just didn't do it. He just chose not to meet this kid to where, you know, then in that situation, if it was still really so important to him, he could have talked to the parents or like something, but no, he didn't take any time out to meet this kid because he was not guaranteed to make a YouTube video on it. He wasn't going to make money on it. So why would he do it? Yeah, it's a little fucked up. More than a little. Oh yeah. Yeah. I say a little, but like I was downplaying it severely because again, the man, the man has so much value between his companies and his actual personal wealth that it's not me feeding it's not wrong to feasibly say he can never make another dollar in his life and yeah. and never spend all the money he has unless he was just like bought houses and jets and shit for fun. Yeah. Which he has. So 
on topic I've mentioned like two or three times here because I think we've basically covered up our problems with Mr. Weiss. Yeah, he exploits people and then uses charity porn to whitewash that exploitation. Yeah. But I've mentioned several times that there are better ways he could do this. Mm-hmm. So like we mentioned, there are charities that partner with medical professionals and such to provide better health care at lower costs. And again, one of the best ways he, one of the best things he could do without changing his formula at all is to just spend five minutes at the beginning of a YouTube video discussing like yes. the base causes of these things and how, like how you as an individual can contribute to bettering the world. Or even like this curing blind thing, curing blindness thing. He could have taken that money, donated it, and contacted a single person who was having the surgery and be like, hey, or, you know, put up a thing like, hey, if you're getting this procedure, could I do a video to talk about this to inform people and I will pay for your, I will, I will be paying for your surgery and I'm also donating so much money to help pay for other people. That way, one, you are bringing awareness to something. You can still throw on your fucking video that you helped cure a thousand fucking people of blindness, but you only have one person to react to. But that also allows you to have a more human conversation with someone and talk about the fucking topic. But that's not what he's there for. There is a very like viral tweet from a couple years ago and it says all these heartwarming news stories are always like man donates $20,000 to prevent 200 orphans from being crushed by the orphan machine. And that's but, the, that's the news story. But nobody yeah. ever stops to ask, why is there an orphan crushing machine to begin with? And why do we have to pay to stop it from being used? And that is what just that is just what Mr. Beast lives by. Yeah, like he is that heartwarming news story every time. Mm-hmm. He's it's always like, oh, he cured these people of blindness. Oh, he gave twenty thousand. Like the headline looks amazing, and that's all he cares about though, because the headline is the YouTube video. Yeah, but. So he could do something like that. Or all these times he gives people money, which, so I might be wrong here. I'm a bit fuzzy on the details because technically gifts aren't taxable, but like from what I've seen- Up to a certain amount. Up to a certain amount. And generally like the wording is from friend or family. And I think it's pretty obvious if you're getting a random gift from Mr. Beast, you're not, you're not a friend. Mm, fair enough. So like the, the legal thing there's a bit odd to me. I don't know how that would work. Mm-hmm. But most people that are going to hit with this are probably also going to be hit with what's called a windfall tax, which generally applies to companies, but can apply to private individuals, which is, hey, you came into a lot of money. Well, the government needs to cut of that. Do you know what doesn't really give you windfall taxes? Charities that give you money because it's a charity. So they're not, the government doesn't tax that. They recognize, that, hey, this is a public good. Yeah. And one of the best ways, which obviously there's a bunch of charities you can give to, a lot of people give to charities that are important to them or about topics that they find important. Yeah. Like but for... Oh, six, seven years, I was a regular donor to To Write Love on Her Arms, a yeah. charity that helps with people who self-harm. Yeah, but one of the, legitimately one of the best ways to help provide charity or give directly charities, which is exactly as simple as it sounds. You give money directly to a charity. Do you know what that charity does? They then give that money directly to people that need it. Or not necessarily as money, but they give... Nope. As money. Okay. Because the best way to help someone is to let them make their own fucking decisions and pay for what they need to have. Because sure, you might be like, hey, you need new shoes. But you know what they might need instead of new shoes? They might have a fucking leak in their roof that they they need to fix. But what if they buy like whiskey or beer with it? Then they've bought something to make themselves slightly happier and help cope with fucking life for a while. God, that's my least favorite argument. People are like, you can't give poor people money because they'll use it on alcohol or drugs. They can't be trusted with it. Why do you think they're poor in the first place? Oh, I can give you a bunch of fucking reasons why people are poor in the first place. And a lot of them aren't because of them. And also, when poor people are spending money on drugs or alcohol, it's because their life has literally reached such a point of negativity and, like, it's reached such a level of awfulness that being drunk or high is literally the only time they feel like being alive. Also, there's a bunch of studies that show that doesn't really happen. I cannot remember the name of the charity, but there is this actual fantastic charity that does just give directly, Mm -hmm. and they've done years-long studies of what happens with that money. Like, they would give to charity, they would get their money, they would give the money to people in Africa and stuff, and they would track what they did that money or they'd ask them and you know what? a lot of the times it wasn't something like hey we went and bought food it might have been that or it was like yeah no i personally did need medical assistance but you know what i didn't do that i did i bought a new tin roof for my house is give directly the one you're talking about it literally might be called give directly and they might just be like yeah no i i had a good roof i had a thatch roof but i bought a brand new tin roof for my house it took like all the money you gave me but thatch roofs leak i have kids i don't want my kids getting wet i don't want my kids getting sick so i bought a tin roof i ignored my medical needs that this other charity was going to pay for because i wanted to do this thing that was more important to me in the long run Mm -hmm. and it's we, we, for some reason, don't think poor people know what they need. We don't think people know what they themselves need. And it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If I was to walk up to you and be like, hey, give me your money. You're not spending it correctly. Don't worry. 
great. I'm still going to make sure you get food and your bills are paid, but I'm going to control all your money. You'd look at me like I was a fucking crazy person. You'd be like, no, it's my fucking money. I mean, it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But so there's that. And then there's another thing in the realm of the medical field that he did, which, yeah, he paid directly for these surgeries. But there are other things where, because we live in a fucking dystopia, you can buy people's debt. (laughs) You can buy their medical debt. You can buy their home debt. You can buy their student. I don't know if you can buy student debt. That might be one of the ones you can't buy. But you can buy debt. And private hospitals and corporations will sell off these debts. Well, there's organizations that buy debt. There's a medical charity that I don't remember the name of. They buy debt from hospitals. So they get this giant portfolio filled with all kinds of different people who owe money. And then you know what they do? They don't leverage that to get that money back from people. They just toss it away. They just throw it the fuck away. So these people just get notifications that, hey, you no longer owe this debt. Are you talking about RIP medical debt? Uh, so Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I don't remember the exact statistics. I think it's for like every $1 that someone donates to them because they're basically buying this debt in bulk. They effectively get rid of, I think $1 is like $100 worth of debt, maybe a thousand that I might have the wrong zero, but like they get rid of a lot lot more debt proportionally than you're even donating to help them get rid of and it's ridiculous and it's great and jimmy could do something like that they he, aver- they average a hundred dollars in debt on the cost of a dollar yeah and it's ridiculous like he could do something like that but that doesn't get clicks that doesn't make a youtube video he doesn't it's not like he can just i mean he could but it's not like he's just going to upload a video where he's sat at his computer and be like hey guys look at this website i just donated ten thousand dollars and eliminated math, 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 math. A million dollars? A hundred thousand? It'd be a million. And I just helped eliminate a million dollars worth of medical debt. He's not doing that because that's like a five minute long video. RIP Medical Debt has cleared $6.3 billion in medical debt since they started. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. And it's fantastic. And like, honestly, look at charities that give directly or do things like that. And like, even in, there's there's another type of charity that's not giving cash directly yeah. but they give chickens cows they give like animals and tools yes heifer international heifer international is a good example of these charities that they take money and then buy things in bulk yes and then disseminate that to people that need those things though there is a, i have a fun thing about that that actually comes from studies from give directly mm-hmm. where this village got animals like everyone got some animals fun fact they just sold the animals for money yes <laughs> better fact though they were buying goats from this guy mm-hmm They would buy a goat and they would give a goat to someone. They were selling literally the exact same fucking goat because someone would walk back around and sell it back to the guy who bought it, who who sold that goat. He would buy the goat back from them. They would get money that they could use for whatever they needed. They were literally, it made, I don't think it was Haver International, it was some other thing that does something like that. But that that charity literally just bought the same fucking goat for a village because they just kept selling it back because they didn't need the goat. They so needed money. They were in. They were indirectly a directly a direct giving charity. I mean, I assume the guy who was selling the goat was probably making a profit off it, so they were losing money. Mm, fair enough. But yeah, I think we've probably hit hit our, hit our runtime for this. Yeah, we hit a topic I have passions about and things I can talk about. I could do this for a long time. We don't need to do that. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. So. We'll have some charities in our episode description this month. Just do your own research on charities. There's so many out there. RIP Medical Debt is one of the most highly rated debt clearing charities out there. And if for some reason you weigh what good you do on charity based off the monetary value you get, probably one of the best things where your dollar goes the fucking farthest. And literally, your dollar turns into 100. Congratulations. You've made money your magic. Like, if you want to give money directly to charities that matter to you, do research because I... Some of these charities I, I mentioned spend way too much money paying their CEOs a budget, and they're still a nonprofit because, hey, we have to pay our employees, but we are going to massively inflate these. I mentioned my giving to Tulaha, yeah. a charity that I was very deeply passionate about in my late teens, early 20s, yeah. because of all the people in my life who committed self-harm, but... I don't normally talk about the charities I donate to because I don't, I'm not a religious person. I'm a Satanist, but not yeah. like not a not a Levian Satanist. The temple look up temple Satan Satanism. Yeah, and like that's they also do charitable work, and I yeah. donate through them. But like like Judaism, Christianity, even Islam. All have like passages about how charity isn't something that you need well, to brag about. I mean, it's not something you should. As far as my understanding goes, with some Islamic ideas for charity, particularly, I think it's Sunni like religious tenets or things that they do there's a thing called zakat okay i'm probably fucking saying that wrong i do not speak arabic which i think zakat's an arabic term but the idea is that i think it's 
based off a percentage of like your annual income, basically, like that you give to local Muslim families in need or local Muslim organizations in need. Apparently, a lot of people give to like their local church. Sure. But like it's the idea is that you are helping these people that desperately need it or need it more than you, at least. And it's a huge part, in my understanding, at least of their religious tenets in that branch of Islam, at least. Yeah. And I don't I want to be clear. I'm not a Bible thumper. I was I was born and raised Christian. But again, I'm not Christian now. But the Christian Bible has a wonderful quote on charity, and it's, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And it's because even the people, in this case, this is Matthew 6, passages 1 through 4, even the people in, in, the, time of the, in the time of the Bible was written were aware that Using other people, exploiting other people to make yourself look better, yeah, was not a thing that any, that that a right person yeah. should do. Which I, I don't think I mentioned it about Zakat. Like a- according to what I understand about Zakat, it is an anonymous donation. You, yeah, there is mm-hmm. yeah. no knowing of who it is. It is supposed to be anonymous. And I think, like, I again, not a big religious person, but I think that's one of the things that most major religions all harp on pretty well because yeah. the idea of exploiting people who are going through hardship to make yourself look better, to make yourself be more respected, and to it's make yourself... antithetical to being a good person. Exactly. Yeah. But I think we've covered that. One last thing I want to say is, like we were saying, do research on your own charities that you care about and stuff. But also an important note that I think everyone should know, do not, uh, like, oh, look, I have changed leftover. Sure, I'll donate it to this thing that Walmart or CVS or Wendy's <laughs> Walmart would do. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just save your change yourself and donate. One, you can write it off on your taxes if it's large enough. Congratulations. But also what you're doing is that money does get donated. They don't lie about that. They mm-hmm. literally can't. That is illegal. But what it is, is it allows them to take all of that money collected and make it a giant write-off for themselves. They get to be the ones that make the donation. They get the write-off. They get the benefits. Don't do it. Just donate it yourself. And hey, maybe you don't actually want to donate to the thing they are, but you're like, why not? I'm helping something. Instead, just hold on to that time of the change you don't want and use it yourself to help a charity or something else. One, I guarantee you'll actually feel better about yourself because you will feel that you're making that change. It's not going to be like this little niggling thing like, oh, cool, I did that, whatever. It's not going to be something you pass out. It's going to be like, you're, you're aware you're actively helping or making a change, which is always a great feeling. But also, one, you get to decide where it goes better. And also, you're not helping corporations. I will say, if you know that if you know that you yourself are never going to take the time to do the research or to yeah. give to charity like on your own, Sure. Let Walmart write it off as a tax write-off. It's still better than not giving. But, I mean, if you actively, if that's the thing you take pride in, you're like, oh, I always do this, I care about charities, then take some time to look at charities yourself and actively just do that. Like, do it for the charity yourself. Yeah. Give, make the world a better place and don't exploit people. Just don't, don't exploit people. Don't exploit people in any form or fashion. It's horrible. <sighs> <laughs> it's wild that we started off with, hey, what are your top five anime recommend- recommendations for new anime viewers? Uh, no, it's not wild. They're artists. They've been exploited. Uh, fair enough. It all tracks. And we're ending with, just don't just, exploit, just don't exploit pe- people. Yeah. Don't, don't exploit people. Like, it's not hard. Don't do it. But hey, if you, like I said, we're going to have charity links in the, in the summary. But if you want to contact us and get in contact with us directly, tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why Mr. Beast is is the best person ever and why he's never done anything wrong. Or why there's nothing wrong with his model for giving. Or if you want to go the entire other route and I've seen this theory and you want to explain to me why Mr. Beast is actually the Antichrist. I'm I'm down to hear those theories too. Whatever you want to talk about, feel free to hit us up. There's a numerous ways to do that, including our Twitter at Copilot's Review, our email at copilotsreview at gmail.com, our hive at Copilot's Review, or you can find a link to all of those except for our hive on our Discord, which you can find on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Yeah, and we just want to thank you for flying with us, and please, I guess that's that's the wrong outro. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't fly anywhere, we just sat in a cockpit. But hopefully you'll catch us on our next flight. I'm sorry, I've been drinking. And until then, just be a good person.